Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show. And when you mix that together, you get the crossover podcast. It is presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in five points. And we've got a couple things to cover today. Georgia, Cruton continues to go well. Georgia with another verbal commitment this week. And we'll talk a little bit about the NBA draft as well. The Hawks were busy. And Nicholas Claxton was uh, drafted as well maybe not as high as it started to look like he was going to be well he got drafted he was the first pick of the second round which is not bad but it's also not the first round so depends on how you want to look at it yeah yeah but he's going to brooklyn so he doesn't have to move because he was already in brooklyn for the draft so and and it was also good that when he did get selected it was at the barclays center last night in brooklyn he did get booed like a lot of those famous jets picks from yeah, back in the day that's helpful i was even surprised uh, i guess they didn't they loved rj barrett those knicks fans they took did. him so i was kind of thinking if they had taken the kid from vandy who only played like five games last year they probably would have booed him <laughs> so but although they, apparently he's really really good uh yeah, like you know? I, I, I didn't even realize he had played at all for them last year. And yeah. then I saw highlights where he was clearly playing for Vandy. So I went and looked at his stats. And what he played like five games before he got hurt? Five games. And like the last one he played, like the full game, he scored 33. Yeah. Um, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I'm going to predict Vandy would not have gone winless in the conference. You're right. Which would have ended up being like we would have been the worst team in the league then, probably. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll cover the draft and uh, from the Hawks' perspective, and also uh, talk a little bit about Nick and his move to the uh, to the Brooklyn Nets now. But Georgia gets another four-star commitment at uh, wide receiver, and uh, yet again, what I love about these guys as much as anything, the kid takes a a visit to Florida over the weekend, and then that following week commits to Georgia. Marcus Roseme out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So this is just another burn for uh, for Dan Mullen. Calculated on Georgia's part, too. These aren't coincidences of these things that are happening, I think. I, I'm, I'm with you. So you. I mean, do you think there's like some, like, hey, why don't you go and take a visit there and then commit to us? Um, I think that there is a situation where players have maybe been told to commit at a certain time that even if it's coming off of something I like and I'm not saying everyone and I don't have any inside information but I do know that there is uh, there have been a couple of times where the release of information the release of a verbal commitment uh, has been um done when okay it is done. well I'm glad to know I'm not the only one wearing the tinfoil hat on that because <laughs> it's just it's happening too often to think that it's yeah. just it, that yeah. it is a coincidence and I think the one yesterday 
might have been more about a lot of folks getting all uh, bent out of shape because the quarterback here in Athens, Brock Vandegrift, announced that he had committed to Oklahoma for the, I guess, for the next cycle. So I guess, or for the, the the cycle that we're talking about. So maybe this was supposed to be some good news on top of what some Georgia fans might consider bad news. Right. Well, it is another another quarterback from the state that's going someplace else. Yeah. At least it's Oklahoma. Right. Although we got to play them in 23. He could be there. He could be. Um, but hey, we've got like a year. He's only a junior. Right. So we've we here at, at 960 the ref and 960theref.com on the crossover podcast have got a year to basically uh, remind him that uh, Lincoln Riley probably won't be his coach. He'll be coach of the Dallas Cowboys within the next year or so. Young Lincoln Riley, too. Guy's, what, 35 years old? Yeah. He's... At, at some point, though, you got to figure there's an NFL owner and a franchise that's going to say, wait a second, we keep drafting his quarterbacks number one. So maybe we should hire him to to coach our team. It is hard to turn down a coach like that if you're a high school kid and they say, by the way, Heisman Trophy winners and number one overall picks are coming our way. That is hard to turn down. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, I could totally see what uh, why he'd be enamored. But for him, I mean, I'm seriously, I think the the – I mean, you. Ha- I think you'd have to be a little bit concerned that yes, I'm recruiting, I'm, I'm committing to Oklahoma because of Riley's track record with Heisman winners, and sending now back-to-back number one overall draft picks. But I mean, legitimately, I'd be a little bit worried that he would not be the coach there in the next couple of years. Yeah, you you got to figure that um, the, the NFL will come calling. Look, if Cliff Kingsbury can do what he did, and I know Texas Tech is a different job than Oklahoma. I mean, I get that, but. If he can turn what he did into an NFL head coaching job, Lincoln Riley can too if he wants to. Yeah, and the Cowboys are the franchise sitting right there that yeah. you would think would would go after him. And I know they made the playoffs last year, but Jason Garrett is kind of like the NFL's version of Gus Malzahn. As yeah. soon as he loses one game, he's back on the hot he's seat. He's back on the hot seat. So we'll uh we'll see i mean i guess it's not over yet but i mean we got a good quarterback coming here anyway in, in carson beck but at the same time i mean we do have to acknowledge that we got eason we got fields and we got Fromm. and as as good as beck looks and as much of the good stuff as we've heard about him he's not as high highly touted a recruit as those three guys were right so and then Dwan mathis is here and he was rated like what 300 something coming out of high school so yeah he was a I think he was a he was a a top 300 player but there's a big difference between a top 300 player and the number one overall recruit in the country right so and who, like who we had been difference. yeah like who we had when been signing now Eason and Fields aren't here so it's not like they really did us any good anyway to right. have originally sign them but Fromm is a superstar right so it's you know and with the transfer portal that's the position though that's the toughest now because it's not like if uh, if you're a linebacker, you know, you can play a lot of a game even if you're not a starter. But if you're a quarterback, and you're not a starter. You know, how do you, you know, what do you do? You know, you are you just going to stand there all year and and not play when you think you should be? You're going to wait it out. You're going to do like DJ Shockley, which nothing against DJ, and I like DJ a lot. But if the transfer rules were similar then than they are now. He probably wouldn't have stayed. You yeah, know, so, probably. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just one of those things where you just got to deal with the times. And, and you know, it's almost like 
if you recruit too well, you're going to lose guys, and if you don't recruit well enough, you might lose. You know, you might lose out. I mean, I don't know. It's the, the quarterback position. It's the it's the weird one in the in the transfer portal. Yeah, because it's the one where a only one of those guys can really yeah. play the majority of the snaps, and then b it does appear that that's the position too that the NCAA is. Um, yeah, the most lenient with allowing exactly. those uh, immediate waivers and, of eligibility. And I thought, you know, Georgia did a. I guess you. I guess it just depends on your point of view. But I thought Coach Smart and Coach Cheney they they did their best last year with trying to give Fields meaningful snaps, but it still came across as clunky and you know, it just didn't didn't seem to work. And I think it's maybe a a good example to other teams of. What happens when you are trying to play two quarterbacks like that or you're trying to appease the other quarterback and it just it's hard to do. Yeah, I mean there were just too many times last year Georgia'd be in the middle of a drive and then all of a sudden you'd you'd look for a second and realize, oh wait a second, now Fields is in the game. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just remember at one point during the season during one of the Monday press conferences, you know, Kirby was talking about Fields and he said, you know, the the you know, the the deal with Fields and the plan is that there really isn't a plan. Yeah. And I was like that's when I don't believe I would have said out loud because yeah. that's how it looks, and that's not necessarily the the best thing. So you know, maybe Georgia will be better off as long as Fromm stays healthy. There's no maybe about it. I mean, Georgia will be better off just knowing this guy's our starter. Yeah. He's going to take the majority of all of our snaps this year. The most important thing for the season coming up is for Jake Fromm to not get hurt. Right. That's it. Yeah. Now, if he something did happen to him, then we sure would wish that Fields was still here. But <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, you can. You know, quarterback is just like any position. I think you can. You can never have too many great players. And you know, I think Kirby should keep trying to sign all the five stars he can at quarterback too, and then just deal with the situation once it uh, once it arises. But with Vandegrift, I mean, I. You know, I mean, I get why him or any quarterback would want to go play for Oklahoma right now. Yeah, so. there's also the element too of leaving town. There's, there's a, there's a lot of folks that that want to get away and go somewhere else for college, and I understand that also. Yeah. I mean, as a Georgia fan, I, if he's as good as everyone says he is, I'd love to see him play for the Dogs. But I also understand the appeal of moving on somewhere else. Yeah. I just know we, you know, the the names keep popping up from Deshaun Watson to uh, to now watching yeah. Trevor Lawrence to even you know Scam Newton. Well, there have been a lot of good QBs in the state that have flown the coop and gone and won titles at other places. Yeah, and I and Josh Fields, or excuse me, Justin Fields did sign here, but he's gone too. So I guess he doesn't technically count since Georgia did. We did get sign him. him. Yeah. But he's gone. He is. He's gone to Ohio yeah. State. So he sort of fits in that category. And it's it, it's it is strange now in this day and age where, because of the playoff, even going back to Vandergriff going to Oklahoma or Fields at Ohio State, like the way the the SEC now doesn't even really function like a conference. Like we'd probably be better off if it, they had gone to LSU or something because there might be less of a chance we'd have to put up with them. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like we probably you know we we'll, we might have to face Fields. Yeah, that's the thing. Would would the chances be higher that Georgia would face Fields if he were at LSU than going to Ohio State or Oklahoma? I mean, I, I think it's about the same. Yeah, and, well, and well, maybe even slightly. You know when LSU's on the schedule. Yeah, but maybe even slightly higher yeah. with them out of conference because I mean the thing's still with LSU. Even if they were there, like you know, over the course of a full season, are they going to be able to best Bama? <laughs> that's a good point. 
And and we know for a fact we don't see LSU again on the regular season schedule until 25. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So we just played them last year, so – and we go to Norman before we ever go to College Station still, <laughs> which is just uh, bizarre. It's nuts. I've been told A&M is in the SEC, but I don't believe I'll believe it the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, but we do get uh, so Marcus Roseme commits this week, 6'2 receiver out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's the uh, sixth rated receiver for the uh, class of 2020 and the, the number four prospect in the state of Florida. And that's another thing, too, when you look at that list of the top prospects in the state of Florida. The Gators aren't landing a lot of them either. So it's uh, interesting times in Gainesville when it comes to Mullen here in this recruiting cycle. And he put the target on his back by running his mouth. He has kind of grown silent, but we're, we're only now like three weeks away from SEC con. So. Which, of course, he's going to be asked about. Yeah. He's going to have to talk about it again. Yeah. And then he'll probably try and pretend like he really didn't mean anything yeah, by it. He's already started to kind of backstep anyway yeah a little bit well then kirby will probably be asked about it too i mean what is he gonna is he gonna pretend like i don't pay attention to that stuff <laughs> but at least he can say that because he hasn't said anything else really anyway yeah now he had the one thing about well we do our talking with our helmets yeah yeah which i guess it does at least acknowledge that you're aware of the nonsense that's coming which oh, of course we know that he is of course he so, is yes because like i mean because so, you and i agree that these the timing of some of these verbal commitments and the fact that they visit Florida and then immediately after are committing to Georgia is not a coincidence. There's yeah, there's things going on there that uh, the the reason sometimes we get these announcements when we do is for a reason. Yeah, because I I would think like Rosemi probably told told Georgia's coaches like, hey, I want to commit, and they went, hey, do us a favor, yeah, go visit Florida first and then tell us you want to commit here. Oh, okay. you think about it, that's pretty. It's pretty ballsy to tell if if that were the case. Yeah, right. Say, hey, go visit our arch rival and then commit to us. Sure. It's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, because they could really, really like putting it. it out there. But uh, this class has a good national flavor too. With um, what do we got? We got Washington D.C. There's three from Texas, now five from Florida. So you got Texas, Florida, and then um, Georgia, and then the one kid from uh, Mikhail Sherman, the linebacker from. Uh, from DC. from DC, he's considered, I think, the best one of the of the group. Yeah, he's five star. Rivals rating six point one, which is right there. Also, Tate Ratledge, same rating. Yeah. By the way, Sherman kind of fits the kind of the Clemson mold right now, doesn't he? A little bit, just like those that that Baltimore, Washington, that area there, which has got a lot of really good football players, and Clemson's doing really well there too. It's it, it's great to see Georgia go up in there. And get uh, get Sherman. Yeah, the Virginia schools and the Maryland not appealing to them at this point. <laughs> yeah. The chance to play in the Big Ten. Maybe you know, maybe Maryland will be a little bit more. I mean, the Loxley hire is certainly an interesting one. Uh, I know his first go round as a head coach. What at New Mexico? The regular New Mexico. It was awful. Yeah, and yeah. there was trouble. Tumultuous. For him too. Yeah. Yes, it was. But there seems to be this feeling with him now that. He's a different guy. He's matured. He's going in to kind of like heal uh, the the situation there. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. But we're talking with New Mexico. There was like lawsuits and stuff, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the guy. They're because bringing. it was from like uh, 
I know he'd gotten like in a. It was a fight, fight with, an, with assistant. A, an assistant, kind of like a not like an argument, but like a literal fight. Yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. So he's the one going into <laughs> heal. heal. I know, I know. It sounds weird. <laughs> I agree, but that's just kind of the 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 feeling I get from from uh, what his hiring is there for Maryland. Boy, trouble just seems to find Damon Evans. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes. All right. Uh, the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in Five Points in Athens. Chris and Dave with you. Glad you're uh, joining us. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, download us uh, there, or listen on demand anytime at 960theref.com. We will uh, pause, we'll come back, and we'll touch on the NBA draft, which has happened. The uh, Hawks had a few picks, made a little bit of noise, and uh, Georgia had, unfortunately, not a player go in the first round, but uh, Claxton was the first pick of the second round. It's the Crossover Podcast here on 960theref.com. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Washington. All right, the Crossover Podcast, episode 92, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in five points. The uh, NBA draft, no shocker, Zion Williamson was the number one overall pick. But uh, the Hawks had a bunch of picks. They had six of them in the top 44. They sold two of them. Then they traded, what, three of them. Yes. And then they ended up picking twice, and then they traded back into the second round to take that uh, that big man from Maryland. Maryland. They ended up with three picks. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter went number four overall. Cam Reddish went number ten overall. And then the the center for Maryland, Bruno Fernando. Yeah. I love that name. It's a good name. Number 34 overall. Um, I – I, before the draft started, I mean, it, the the Hawks were pretty much the team pegged to uh, to take Cam Reddish, and in the aftermath, I mean, Travis Schlenk even admitted, like, we've been watching him since high school. They like him. That was the one. I did, I, I, that's the pick I'm not crazy about. But I love uh, Hunter from Virginia because he was there for two years. That what team went 66 and six. And what even elevates his stock in my eyes is he was hurt and they became the first one seed to lose to a 16 seed. And then he was healthy and they won the national they championship. They won the national championship. Yeah. He's Stacey Ogman with a much better offensive game. Yeah. That's kind of what I've come to the conclusion with with DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, we're kind of back to the the wing, the the Hawks and the wingmen. Yeah, The guys exactly. with the wingspan and the wingmen. And that is – Reddish is one of the you – know, talk about his wingspan and potentially a good defender, but – he was not a good shooter. He's, I mean, his shooting percentage at the rim was right at 50% last year. He took a lot of threes, but his, even his field goal percentage taking two-pointers was less than 30%. He had a better field goal percentage shooting threes than he did twos. Yeah, Reddish is one of those guys, he looks the part. Yeah. And there's the potential there. You see it where he could be the part. But, yeah, just when you look at his stats, when you look at his numbers, when you look at his production, it, it doesn't say all the stuff that you're actually – you think you're eyeballing. Maybe it'll be – and I know he was behind Williamson and, and, and he was behind uh, Barrett, but 
maybe with this Hawks team that he's coming into, there's not that same pressure since you've already got Trey Young, you've already got John Collins, you've already got Herder. A lot of things are expected from DeAndre Hunter. Maybe that'll take the pressure off of uh, off of Reddish. Yeah, and that was, I mean, Schlenk kind of hinted at that too, that he was the first of those big three to sign with Duke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so maybe he at the point that he had signed, they still hadn't gotten Zion, and even Barrett wasn't there yet. And so, you know, by the time those other two signed on, Reddish probably originally signed and thinking, well, I'm the dude here. And then by the time it was all said and done, he was a part of a trio, and maybe it just didn't – that situation, yeah, it didn't fit uh, – best for him but you know we'll see how it goes meanwhile at at duke they had three players taken in the top 10 and couldn't get to the final four is it time for shashevsky to hang it up (laughs) does that guy know anything about basketball right i mean that's got to be that's a huge (laughs) fail isn't it (laughs) well it was interesting seeing that list of teams that had Either a, I guess a first and a third. Did you see the during the draft last night? Uh, oh, the number one and three. Yeah, the one and three. It's happened like six or seven times over the course of the draft. One of them was Lou Alcindor, uh-huh. uh, and I can't remember who the others were. But it wasn't like as dominating a list as you would think it was, right? So I mean, there were some good names on it, but there were also some guys that were taken either number one or number three that didn't really pan out. Sure. So, could be the case again this year. I don't know. Well, I did see the last time a team had three players taken to the top ten were those Billy Donovan Florida teams, and they did win the national championships. Duke doesn't even get to the final four. Yeah, that's a good point. That's definitely a good point. Hang it up, rat. <laughs> no, but you know anything about basketball. Yeah. Well, what about the Nick Claxton situation? Now, I have to say, was it like a month ago, five, six weeks ago, we were in here talking, and, you're, and I was like, oh, he's coming back. There's no way. He's, he's just testing the waters. And you were like, I, I got a feeling on this. The, just the, the way he's throwing this stuff out there, he's really serious. He's not going to come back. You were absolutely right. But today, is he wishing he might have come back? Big difference between first and second round. Now, the the notion, and I'd even fallen for this a little bit, about not being able to guarantee a second-round pick money, that's actually not true. There are situations where second-round pick can get guaranteed money. It depends on the team that takes him. Right. And I think with the Nets, he is in a situation. Because they didn't have a first-round pick. He was their first pick of the night. So I don't think it would be a money thing as far as that one. Oh, he made a terrible mistake. No, he didn't. He's... He's, He's going to be on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. He's not going to be playing in, um, you know, the Turks and Caicos next year or anything like that. As far as I can, I can tell. No, he'll be yeah. a member of the, the Brooklyn Nets. Right. He's going to be playing pro basketball. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he uh, he made the move, and I think. I mean, he to to me when I think when he made that decision, there was probably a thought like, well, he's not ready. He's not. He's not going to get drafted. And then he went through the process, and suddenly, yeah, it did sound like he was really moving up the draft boards and his stock was rising. I mean, he got invited to the thing last night. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, to me, it's like probably at the point that he announced he was going to step away and at least explore it, I think he still ended up probably drafted higher than a lot of people thought he would be in the first pick of the second round. Yeah, and, and not, yeah. a good situation for him. From, from what it sounds like uh, as well there with with Brooklyn. And he's still got a lot, obviously, you know, he even admitted he hears a lot about being a project and that kind of thing, which to an extent he is. Sure, but yeah. he, he does a lot of things that 
the new NBA, if you want to call it that, likes. He's a 6'11 guy that can handle the ball, run the floor. Yeah. Now, in the new NBA, or I mean, at any level of basketball now, I mean, he definitely has to become a better jump shooter. Um, right. So, I mean, we'll see if he can work on uh, work on that. But, it, like, I think the any, some of the, the criticisms you hear about him or maybe the knocks on him were like, well, he was too thin or this or that. Like, None of that stuff was going to get any better for him had he come back to Georgia for right. another year. So whatever drawbacks he had as a NBA prospect right now, uh, he, it wasn't like it was going to improve with another year at Georgia. So if he was ready to turn pro now, I mean, it worked out for him. He got drafted, and he's going to be playing in the NBA next year. I guess if spin rate is the new thing in baseball, not that wingspan's not, but I think I, I feel like I heard that word more than anything last night, wingspan. Yeah. But he's got it. Yeah. You know? Because that was – that's what he's built to do is get out there and make the other team a little bit more miserable when he's playing defense. Because I think the steal of the draft was the – I don't remember who did it. Who took the kid from Gonzaga, Brandon Clark? Yes. I mean, I, he took he went late in the first round. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the, the – all I kept hearing about him was his wingspan and right. his height. Right. Like, you know, most ordinary people. Um, <laughs> and I understand NBA players aren't ordinary people. That's why they're in the NBA. But – you know, that was another one of the, okay, so he's 6'8", and his wingspan is 6'8", but I, you know, I also saw him have this historically great season at Gonzaga this past year, and I, so he's all, and he's 22, so I get that knock too. I mean, he's, there are guys that are playing in the NBA for probably like two, three years now that are still younger yeah. than him, but. Well, like the nucleus of the Hawks, yeah, they're like all younger than that. Well, because like the. Who was it that took uh, Cam Johnson from North Carolina really yeah. high earlier than anyone thought? And I think he's he's like one of the oldest players on his roster now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know, and that's what's going to happen with the Hawks too when they get rid of some of these contract guys. Maybe they'll be on the team this year, but after after this year when they get all that money off the books, I mean Collins will be like the grizzled veteran yeah. on the team. But you do for the so the Hawks now you got your I guess your five or what you got young. Collins, Herder, Hunter, and, and now like Reddish. Reddish, or like, are you talking about starting five, or like, or just sort of like, like a Edmund? Yeah, a that's nucleus. the nucleus. You and know, then you've still got Baysmore; he's around. Yeah, at least for now, right? Um, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, like that Dwayne Deadman could, you know, potentially be your your center if that's the way you wanted to go. Omari Spellman, he was another guy they drafted last year. I don't, fitting in the plans but yeah the nucleus is all all guys that are like very very young well and but, but i will say this the i was at least on the the broadcast last night on espn they you know the the vibes for atlanta were all positive they atlanta was getting the hawks were getting a lot of love about the draft and what they did last year which at the time Travis Schlink was a lot of fans were giving him a hard time for the young Donkic trade, and now that you see how it's kind of played out a little bit, a lot of folks are excited about that. Yeah, I mean, as it worked out, because I, I was one, I, I wanted Donkic too. Um, yeah, but as it turns out, I'm like, well, they're both good. Yeah, Young is good, Donkic is good, so it's going to work out for the uh, for the Hawks in the end. And I mean, I'm I'm excited about him, but now this, I think the key is too is can they get to a point where maybe at some point they can land a free agent. And Anthony Davis is still on the last year of his contract, even though he's going to L.A., but maybe go out there for one year and look at LeBron and be like, mm, you're old. Yeah. You can go play for this younger team in the Hawks. 
Who knows? And and for next year, he's real. It's not a great free agent class next year. Yeah, he's really like it, right? So, although, what do you think is going to happen with Durant? I think the Knicks are still going to sign him and pay him, and he's well. He I mean he won't play next. That's year, what I was going to say. So he won't like go through a cycle of no one signing him, right? Somebody will sign. Si- him. Someone will sign him. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. He's not just going to sit out there. Sit out there for nothing, you know, because he's hurt. And I also don't think he's going to just stay in Golden State, right? So I'm sure the Knicks will still. And what about Clay Thompson? He'd be in the same boat. Probably re-sign with Golden State. I feel like he's going to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Although you figure he's probably out next year too. Yeah, because that was, I mean, his knee, right? Yeah, it was torn ACL. ACL, yeah. yeah. And Durant's was the uh, The Achilles. Achilles. So, yeah, I mean, those are two big free agent names that teams are going to sign even though they're hurt. Yeah, and I think the Knicks for sure will still do the Durant, which is just, you know, the typical luck of the Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) So they'll have Durant and Barrett with a year under his belt. Yeah. Boy, New York went all Duke this year in the draft, huh? Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. Daniel Jones and RJ. They wanted Zion, but they got RJ Barrett instead. All right, uh, that'll do it. Another edition of the. Hey, I did want to ask you though before we. All right, we're talking about New York. I wanted to bring up Dallas real quick. Dallas Keuchel, who's supposed to make his Braves debut tonight. Is this going to be the thing? The Braves right now have a four and a half game lead on the Phillies. You know, and the Phillies right now look like they've already taken the gas. I know, and so the Braves such a long way to go though. It, it is the McCutcheon thing was big for them though, and they've you know big. their bullpen has been banged yeah. up too. Like right now, their their starting rotation's a mess also, yep. isn't it? They're only doing a four man rotation. Yep. I think they're doing the the fifth guy, the starter yeah, or whatever yeah, they call it. Yeah, um, and they're finding out the Harper situation may not have been as rosy as it seemed. Yeah, the. Uh, like the Braves are in DC this weekend, and the Nationals are suddenly only two under five hundred, right? Well, yeah, they were ten under five hundred like two and a half weeks. Yeah, ago. I'm starting to feel like the Nationals are probably the team we got to watch yeah. out for. I think the Nationals are approaching this like you get the feeling they realize this might be a bigger weekend for them than maybe the Braves feel like it is the other way around because it seems like all the focus has been on Philadelphia. But like what you say, the team that's been better over the last month. It's definitely the Braves. Yeah, because what is the – so the Braves are now – Excuse me, the Nationals, I'm sorry. I guess the the Braves are now four and a half up on the Phillies? Yes. Yes. And so what's the what's the lead over – I'm pulling it up right now. The lead over the Nationals is seven and a half. Yeah. But they did win – they won four in a row. Yeah, they're, they're playing good baseball right now. And Strasburg and I guess Keuchel tonight will be a good pitching match. Yeah. And the but the Braves are gonna they're gonna dodge Scherzer though they are gonna dodge Scherzer thanks to that little snafu there with the foul ball yeah he would have pitched Sunday well oh but he pitched the other day I think didn't he he came, he, he it threw him back one day so that's right so he I think he originally he would have been Sunday but now he'll pit he he'll miss the the series okay so he was gonna pitch the night he bounced the ball Correct. off his face and yeah. he pitched the next day pitched the next I day yeah. okay yeah all right so that's pre- a break there for the Braves yeah appreciate you checking us out again this week it's the crossover podcast presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in Watkinsville also now open in five points subscribe to us on iTunes you can uh, get us uh, that way or listen to us anytime on demand at 960 therefcom for uh, Dave I'm Chris 
So long, everybody. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.